Hello, and welcome back to The Daily Poem, a podcast from Goldberry Studios. I'm Sean Johnson, and today is Thursday, November 2nd, 2023. Today's poem is by Wallace Stevens, and it's called Of the Surface of Things. I'll go ahead and read the poem once, offer a few comments, and then read it one more time. Of the Surface of Things. One. In my room, the world is beyond my understanding. But when I walk, I see that it consists of three or four hills and a cloud. Two. From my balcony, I survey the yellow air, reading where I have written, the spring is like a bell undressing. Three. The gold tree is blue. The singer has pulled his cloak over his head. The moon is in the folds of the cloak. Wallace Stevens was uh, an American modernist poet born in the late 1870s, 1879, in fact, and he died in 1955. He uh, was uh, educated uh, trained as a lawyer, and then spent most of his life working as an executive for an insurance company in Connecticut, which is an odd uh, trend among <laughs> gifted poets. Uh, this is also true of one of my favorite living poets, Ted Kuzer, uh, who worked as a Midwestern insurance salesman for many years, uh, and then emerged from his uh, career in insurance to become uh, a celebrated poet, in Kuzer's case, the poet laureate of the United States. Uh, Stevens, as I said, is a modernist poet, which entails all that that entails. Uh, and he won the Pulitzer Prize for poetry for his uh, collected works or collected poems in 1955. This particular poem is, uh, in many ways, typical of Stephen's style, which is enigmatic. <laughs> there are other words you could use to describe the style of Wallace Stevens, but if I had to choose one word, I would choose enigmatic. Uh, one of his most famous poems or best known poems, uh, because it is so enigmatic, it's famously hard to pin down or interpret, uh, is The Emperor of Ice Cream. This poem is a little more down to earth, and uh, I appreciate it because though it is a quirky and sometimes elusive little poem, uh, it also has some intriguing things to say about the the act of writing poetry uh, or even of seeing the world the way that a poet does. It's divided into three parts, and the the tone and the language of the three parts is different, though the shape of the each of the three stanzas or sections looks very similar. Uh, the first is very prosaic uh, and honest. In my room, he says, the world is beyond my understanding. But when one gets outside, one begins to understand the world. Except even that understanding is very limited. But when I walk, I see that it consists of three or four hills and a cloud. Uh, it doesn't sound like 
going for a walk has expanded the poet's understanding very much. Uh, but that's something. Then in two, we see the fruits of some of the poet's labor uh, from an elevated place looking out, looking down. Uh, this is not like, I, I suspect this is meant to be in contrast to the act of walking about. You can go out in and walk about in uh, the world, in nature, and observe certain things. Interestingly, the things that he observes are all things that are above him. Hills, a cloud. Uh, then in two, he is up standing above and looking out, and perhaps looking down, and he's able to take in more in that way. Uh, he's able to, he thinks, grasp the nature of an entire season, spring itself. Uh, and he pens this uh, delicate little line, the spring is like a bell undressing, which isn't bad. And I never know <laughs> what the speaker of the poem means us to feel about that line. If we're meant to laugh at it as a little too poetic uh, compared to the rest of this poem, or if we're meant to appreciate it as this little gem, this nugget that the, the speaker, the poet has actually managed to uh, gin up. Uh, I think <laughs> this could be just uh, you know, revealing my thin taste, but I think it's a pretty good uh, simile, such as it is. A bell here is B-E-L-L-E, -L -L -E, if you're just listening and not reading. Um, the spring is like a, uh, a, beautiful, a beautiful young woman undressing, or like a beautiful flower, undressing, uh, which could be uh, evocative of you know, a closed bud that is now opening. Maybe it's all of those. Maybe that's the genius of the line. But all he's got for his trouble is one line. And he's standing on the balcony revisiting it. Then we come to part three. And something magical has happened between parts two and three. In part one, the poet is contemplating the difficulty of having any understanding of the world. And he's gone out into it, and he's gotten a very limited, very narrow understanding of it. Uh, we, we find him again a little bit later on the balcony, and he's gotten something. He's gotten a line down. And uh, maybe he's gotten multiple lines down, but this one's a keeper. And then in by the time we get to part three, the poet has dissolved into the task of poetry, into the, the act of seeing uh, or of creating poetry. And we no longer see the poet. He no longer speaks in the first person. Uh, we no longer look through his eyes, or maybe instead of looking along his sight, as he narrates to us, maybe we are finally seeing through his eyes. And uh, there's uh, a total absence of the kind of strain uh, of seeing and of describing that we see in the first two parts. And now the world is a poem. Uh, and the third section, stanza three, is poetic in a way, effortlessly poetic in a way that the first two are not. The gold tree is blue 
whether this is just an imaginative suggestion or whether this is uh, how we are being shown the moonlight that is poured over the golden tree, the singer, maybe this is the poet himself, or at any rate, it's a mysterious figure, has pulled his cloak over his head. The moon is in the folds of the cloak. The the thing that is intangible and hard to wrangle, uh, the moonlight which slips through your fingers and can't be grasped and prodded and uh, forced here or there, uh, has sort of been effortlessly caught uh, by the singer in the folds of his cloak. Uh, Maybe this is a suggestion about uh, the act of poetry. Perhaps it's uh, effort or too great an effort that can get in the way of poetry. Or perhaps uh, Stevens is telling us that uh, a great poet has to exert great effort, but one of his chief aims is to disguise that effort as effortlessness. I'll read the poem one more time. Of the surface of things. In my room, the world is beyond my understanding. But when I walk, I see that it consists of three or four hills and a cloud. From my balcony, I survey the yellow air, reading where I have written, The spring is like a bell undressing. The gold tree is blue. The singer has pulled his cloak over his head. The moon is in the folds of the cloak. This has been The Daily Poem. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back tomorrow with another poem for you. To listen to past episodes or to support this show, please visit dailypoempod.substack.com. On behalf of our whole team at Goldberry Studios, I am Sean Johnson, and till next time, happy reading.